Hello, welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Today I have Monique Lee with me and Monique owns Seattle Love Broker. It is ranked number one by Google and Yelp as the best relationship advisor and matchmaker in Seattle and Washington State. After being voted as one of the top matchmakers in Washington State three years in a row by King 5 TV's Best of Western Washington. Monique is a relationship advisor and matchmaker. She helps singles find love. She works with some of the most attractive, educated, successful, cultured, and professional singles in the region. A former wealth manager and an elite national investment powerhouse, Monique understands the value of time and money. More money can be made, but time can never be recovered. Welcome to the show, Monique. How are you? You today. I'm doing well and thank you for having me, May. <laughs> it's always fun to see a familiar face. Um before we started recording, Monique and I have been partnering up and matching clients together for I don't even know how many years, but really? we've never been on Zoom or FaceTime before. So this is actually my first time meeting you. And yeah. we've had many, many hours of phone conversation. So this is really a special treat for me. I mean, when it's, do I get to talk to a, what is it, a Mensa and a matchmaker, right? Like, that's what we kind of talked about. Like, you're like a brainiac. And how do you bring that to your business and what you do? And how is that relating to the clients you work with? Well, first of all, thank you for that lovely introduction. I appreciate it. And I feel like I've known you for like the time that we uh, collaborated and, and match our clients, uh, you know, talking over time. And I must say, uh, before I answer your question that, you know, May has what I sometimes feel like I lack, you know, she has that touch of common sense and know how to relate to people in ways that sometimes I feel like I could improve upon. So, you know, kudos to that before we go to my um, Mensa kind of crowd, you know, I'm, I'm a thinker, you know, and I relate to my, um, my clients, uh, you know, earlier you asked me uh, what kind of uh, clients tend to work at, I tend to work with and uh, tend to tune into my service. And, um, you know, mostly, most of my clients are very educated, um, lots of degrees. I only have a bachelor. So <clears throat> um, many times, you know, uh, if a less well-read person would have been intimidated by some of my clients, but, you know, having that um, uh, education and I, also I love reading and I enjoy learning from a very young age. So I've always absorbed information so I can relate and understand even if I didn't have the formal education and, and the advanced degree initial next to my name, but you know, the clients who talk to me, um, it, you know, recognize certain things about me that they could trust and relate to. So, you know, that, that Mensa thing, sometimes people bring it up. Uh, I, I've been a Mensa member for since 2001. And do you know what Mensa International is? No, tell me for, yeah, tell me more. Okay, okay. Uh, so I've discovered Mans Mensa by accident. So back then I was managing money at uh, Smith Money uh, as a wealth manager there. And um, my cousin introduced me to this CFO at his company in California of all places. And the, the CEO, CFO asked me, okay, so 
you seem smart. Christian, my cousin, spoke highly of you. Um, but, you know, I don't know how smart you really are. And this is a lot of money to, to hand over to uh, someone so young to manage. I'm a Mensa member. If you go take the test and you pass, I will let you manage my money. And so I'm like, oh, this whole Mensa thing is new to me. I read up on it. I'm like, well, I always know I'm smart, but top two percentile of the world, I wonder if I would make it, right? So I went and I took the test. Um, it was a three-hour proctored test. I'm the only person, test taker in the room with a proctor at this institution. And I thought there would be more people there, but there was just me and the proctor for three and a half, three hours. And uh, they test me on logic and, you know, bunch of multiple choice. And then at the end, they said, okay, two, three weeks later, you get some uh, words from us. So apparently I passed and I wanted to find out my score, right? <laughs> I want to see where I rank, but they won't tell me that. They said, um, you get only get pass fail. We don't want any comparison among our members. And so, you know, you, you, you're in the top two percentile and that's all you get to know. And you can join our Mensa um, club, uh, local Seattle Mensa uh, to socialize with the other brainiacs. So I'm like, okay, well, of course, you know, the, the, the prospective clients are happy that I passed the Mensa test and he let me uh, manage uh, his uh, portfolio Wall Smith, I'm not managing. Uh, I'm not uh, managing his money anymore. But that's who got me to take the Mensa test. And how long ago was that? Two thousand and one. Long time ago. Are yeah. you still a part of that association in Seattle, folks? You still mingle with them? And well, I've been busy with children since uh, two thousand and four until now so I've not yeah. been really socializing with them but yeah I did go to their meetings and gathering for a time I've moved on and joined the National Women's Political Caucus so you know after Mensa I joined the Women's Political Caucus uh, <clears throat> here so I got involved with learning about politics and law and all that as you and, might know <laughs> and how does that help you with your job or your business today how does that help you as an entrepreneur uh, so I, I, I think you uh, may have seen on my website that I have a radio show called Afternoons with Monique. And the show uh, features a lot of the people that I've known from the, that past, um, you know, over the course of uh, 30 years, 30 or so years living in Washington. <clears throat> I've, you know, I've gone to school here, University of Washington. I've studied business school. And then after that, I, with that business degree, I worked and made a lot of great connections in the city of Seattle. I didn't move around so much. So people in town seem to kind of know that, you know, I'm the Asian stockbroker, young, just got out of college. So, you know, I kind of was a little bit of a buzz uh, in a certain circle in town. There's not a lot of women that uh, work for uh, the wirehouses, which is what they call the top level uh, brokerages, like, you know, Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, Smith Money. So those are top tier uh, investment houses. And they're just not that many 20 something years old that was gonna work there for years and years like I did. So people kind of know me as the <clears throat> the young, cute single girl that just, you know, that just got in with the big investment warehouse. 
And uh, so I made a lot of great contact with people that later become uh, became movers and shakers in town. You know, the mayor, I've known him now. now the current mayor is um, uh, Bruce Harrell. I know him when he was an attorney running a firm, you know, he 17 years ago. Um, I met him and we became friends and I interviewed him on my radio show before his, his uh, win as a mayor now today in Seattle. And then I met a lot of great um, business leaders and political leaders um, just over, you know, socializing, business contact, introductions, things like that. So it really helped expand the kind of uh, uh, cross-section of society that I get exposed to. You know, I, I know some pol political people, some legal people, finance people, <laughs> I came from that world, accounting people and artists and music. I, I'm also a proud, I was a opera, opera club member uh, or, or ticket holder, season ticket holder. So I, I had dabbled in the arts a little bit because, you know, it's important to be well-rounded. So yeah, I mean, I uh, it helped me to connect people from different uh, different paths of life, you know. And recently, with my daughter being in uh, the pageant world, so now I made a bunch of contacts in that world too. You know, the modeling pageants. Um, so she's currently Miss Seattle Teen USA 2022. Uh, so you know, it's it's kind of helped bring all these different. Um, you know, maybe for some people, maybe they don't need to expose themselves to so many careers, professions, but I feel like a, as a matchmaker or as, as, a, as a networker, I think it's kind of good to know a variety of different professions. So it really helped with matchmaking, which so, is what I do right now. Right, right. So would you say that as a single person, that they should also dabble in different clubs that clubs and organizations that they normally wouldn't, you know, not your typical hiking, biking, running club, but expand and do something unique. So then you're meeting different people and more people that you normally wouldn't meet in real life. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, that is uh, something I choose to do for myself because I enjoy that. But with people that are not as adventurous or they like their um, their kind of uh, profession or their kind of hiking group, I just said, do what you you enjoy doing. You know, I do this because I like it. Right. I, I'm, 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 I, I'm happy doing it. I don't feel like it's a drag. So I do it because I enjoy it. But if let's say somebody likes to read, join a book club, you know, um, uh, you know, those people like their solitude and I love to read too. So I really also enjoy my my uh, solitude, my alone time uh, and reading. Uh, but on the other hand, um, I really enjoy meeting new people. So for the social people, yeah, hiking group and uh, dance clubs and, you know, places that you enjoy, I would encourage my clients to go and explore. Um, would you say that they should join maybe two or three clubs? Like, is there... As a matchmaker, would I recommend yeah. that my clients right. join them? Oh yeah, I I I I told my um clients to not just rely on the matchmaker, but also double, triple the resources that I provide, the the coaching and the guidance that I provide. 
amplify it with their own actions, put it to practice. Go out there when you go rock climbing, which you enjoy doing, say hello to the girls that are waiting at the rock and uh, smile at them and ask them afterwards, everyone is tired from all that exertion to go grab a bite to eat, go for a drink. Um, be social, you know, because like I told you, a lot of my uh, clients are uh, kind of bookish. They are smart and capable individuals, but they sometimes they can be shy or um, if they assert themselves uh, because they lack practice, sometimes they might overshoot or undershoot. So they're not, uh, they're not comfortable. Sometimes they feel awkward. So my role is to go in and practice with them and make them comfortable. Um, in new surroundings so you actually do like a mock date with them like you actually go or go out and be a wing woman with them like what do you how do you practice with them I used to do that (laughs) but now I have clients I got to take care of and there are other things that I do uh, that takes up a lot of my time so yeah I used to go shopping with them um, go to parties or invite them to parties with me Mm-hmm. Uh, just to give them the exposure that I feel like they need. Uh, lately, I've been very busy with different projects, with the radio show, um, making contact and keeping my relationships uh, warm with other local contacts that <clears throat> I just didn't have as much time. But yeah, I encourage them to go out there. Sometimes I might pair them up, you know, two guys of similar age. They can go and um, support each other, for example. And I had guys that became best friends mm-hmm. from my introduction. So I didn't just make matches, romantic matches, but the two guys that I set up to meet and go party or go socialize and clubbing together, they became the best of friends. So Amos, you, I'm talking about you. <laughs> how do you um how do you help somebody who's more of an introvert, like a book, you know, more bookish? How do you suggest they go out and socialize? I mean, if you just go to a book club, you read on your own, then you meet, like, do they go to like a co-ed book club? Do you know what I mean? Like, so they can meet people of the opposite sex? I do encourage them to get out of their shell and go out there, encourage them to say hi to people on the way to work or a coffee shop that they visit. Uh, people at work, sometimes people are shy about meeting people at work, but, you know, these are opportunities, obviously some work environment and some level, uh, some some um, career with high level of responsibilities, you cannot do that. But uh, if you're an engineer and you're young, you're 30 something, you're looking at prospective um, girlfriends and future wives, it, you don't have that high level of responsibility yet it's not like you're director level or ceo cfo and would have to worry about sexual harassment just yet appropriate to say hello it's appropriate to get to know people and befriend people don't just you know act creepy about dating right away just get to know people and then you know if they warm up to you ask them out yeah you know invite them to go get coffee popcorn and uh, netflix if you are uh, in an apartment or a condo building you see people in the elevator uh, say hello to people just be friendly yeah i i always go back to people like being invited people like being included so you might think oh i'm shy i don't really have anything to offer somebody but that's not true it's 
everybody feels appreciated when they're invited to do something. So it could be something as simple as, oh, hey, I'm just going to get coffee. Do you want to come with me? Or I was just going to walk down to grab some bananas at the store. Do you want to come with me? Like just the yeah. invitation of some, a small gesture can really lead mm -hmm. to something amazing. You know, whether you're making platonic friends or you want to make romantic friends, like these little gestures really add up. And like you said, like for someone who's an introvert, like just keep doing it, keep practice doing it. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't start off as an extrovert my whole life. I started off as a really shy person in uh, high school or elementary school. And it wasn't until college that I started branching out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like that idea where you just invite people to do things. Um, and if they say no, then they say no. But if they say no two times, then you could give them a hard time. Like, mm -hmm. hey, the next time I invite you, you better say yes, or I'm not going <laughs> to invite you anymore, you know? So, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about people that are bookish or uh, intellectual type is that they are comfortable taking um advancing in the comfortable zone they're in, which is the career ambition and the advancement in, in academics. But uh, they're not willing to take chances in uh, the area that they're not comfortable in, which is making connections, uh, saying hello and try to reach out and, and pull people into your, your ramp uh, because it's a fun and familiar, it's risk taking. So that's the thing that I bring up to my um, more shyer, um, you know, more less adventurous clients that is that risk taking in love, willing to take some chances and expand your horizon, uh, get out of your comfort zone, that those are the things that I want them to try with the safety of my guidance next to them, co-piloting, you know, I'm available to ask questions and, and seek guidance. Uh, so, you know, if we work together, you should really make the most of your time with me uh, to go out there, make mistakes, come back, learn the right way to do things and go back out there. Nobody can dance the first time perfectly just because you watch an instructor on the dance floor, you, you know, you're going to fail a couple of times before you get it good, right? So, you know, if you expect uh, to, to hit it straight out of the park the first time you hit the ball, that's too much pressure on yourself and, and it makes for a very, very um, stressful situation for them, right? I agree. I agree. So uh, you're in Seattle. How do you think Seattle's dating is different than other cities do you hear like stereotypes that people think oh it's mm -hmm. this in seattle it's so mm -hmm. tough to do this like what are some of the um stigmas with dating in seattle if any so seattle is um has what is known as seattle the seattle fleas and what that is and it's been talked about in the newspaper. You Google Seattle Freeze, you can read about it. Even there's a, a New York Post article that called me. Uh, the author wrote about the Seattle Freeze um, and Amazon guys dating. Um, and they, they we talked about that. And what that is, is they believe that it's very hard to make friends and build connections in Seattle because people tend to be very courteous, polite, but cold and they put up walls um past this wall 
you cannot pass this wall. You can stay out here in the foyer and I'll be polite, but I just don't feel comfortable unless you're my kind of people, kind of, you know, a barrier. So people do put up barriers in Seattle to let people in. Um, but, you know, Seattle dating is, it is unique. Um, and you have to understand um, weather does affect people's mood. You know, if you are in California where it's warm and people are in the, you know, um, festive mood to connect, to say hello, um, they, they, it's easier for them to make friends. When people are cool up into their home because it rains a lot and Seattle rains nine months out of the year, it's true, we, we have a lot of rain here. Um, if you don't go out there socially on a regular basis, it is hard to maintain that deep connections that that's needed to build a strong relationship. So knowing the anatomy of a friendship and a relationship helps. If you understand that people are whole up and they don't come out, reach out, go over there and hang out with them, invite them to go to coffee shop. I mean, do it every once in a while, you know, overdo it because Seattle people have their routine. They have a certain rhythm of their lives here. Um, and I can always tell when someone came from California, I feel it like that. I'm like, wow. I can spot a Californian and they'll be like, how do you know that? How do you know these things? You know, I, I'm very intuitive about different things. You know, like I can guess people's professions. I don't have to guess people's income. I know people, what people make. They don't, they don't even have to tell me. Just tell me that your education, I talk to you a little bit. I know what you're getting paid. Don't worry. <laughs> so I'm very intuitive. And, you know, combined with the knowledge that I gained from all my reading, it makes for a very potent matchmaker that, I'm scared to give out my personal information because if somebody like me is getting that information, they can they know what to do. They're very effective with their knowledge. And that much knowledge, uh, you know, that you give out can be dangerous in the wrong hand. As you know, we, we know with the whole internet, you know, uh, leaking of information with the companies, you know, um, different companies have security security pack being hacked and then they get the social security number and profession and addresses. Well, in my world, it may not be that deep. I don't need to know your social security, but I have a good brain and I can interpret data. I can, just from minimal information, derive all kinds of branch out about who you are because I know how to interpret information, you know? So the people who are in Seattle, you're saying it rains nine months out of the year. So how do they, how do they date then? Like, what are some tricks and secrets that can help people date more effectively and efficiently and more meaningful? Like, what do you suggest knowing what you know now as a matchmaker? Well, if you are a self uh, starter and like to take initiative, take chances. And online dating is a, I, I don't say anything that negative about online dating. Uh, I think it's a, a great tool, an avenue for people to meet others. However, what is uh, at time become a problem is that people don't know how to vet people. They don't understand that online dating can be such a time sucker. It takes 
suck a lot of uh, time away. So uh, many of my clients leverage my expertise to go and find, you know, appropriate matches for them. And I, I go, I, I don't think, I don't know if you, I think I may have mentioned this to you. I know about online dating since uh, 1997, right? I'm like an old timer of online dating. Back when, do you remember me yeah. telling you this yeah. Uh, yeah. a little go bit ahead. ago? Yeah. Like I was in college and there's this, uh, and we didn't have pictures in our email yet. Emails is just black and white dot screen with word, white words on a black screen. And then at this University of Washington, there's an internet relay chat in that there's a dating, college dating uh, category. And I ventured into that, which is the precursor of uh, uh, match.com. This is when, uh, and, and Facebook, because this is 1997. I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg was still in middle school. So there's no Facebook yet. But this is where, where um, college was where it took place, right? I met a lot of great educated people on online, across state line, um, Ivy Leaguers from, I'm, I'm still friends with a few of the contacts that I made, but back then, you know, it's kind of a, an exclusive little group. Um, and everyone is on there is attending great colleges, accredited college. So it's a, it's a certain uh, uh, certain um, filter, you know, of society, you know, in order to be on these uh, forum. In this uh, forum, you have to be at least pass an exam and be in college. So, but there's so like a thousand or eight hundred people, and it's you know back then dial up. It takes forever to talk to people. Do you remember the uh, internet uh, relay chat of uh, yeah, yeah. And, and AOL? AOL? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it takes forever. <laughs> but I was able to make, meet a few uh, pretty quality, great people from there. And I've always have my fingers on the whole internet dating. So I say internet dating is not uh, the evil that, many people make it out to be however it, it does take a lot of time and if i was an executive high level i wouldn't put myself on that number one is a time waster for them hire out get that out outsource get somebody else to do it for you second um everybody with an internet connection with a, a smartphone can be on these sites so there's massive amount of people and you have to vet through 90 percent of those people to get to the 10% potential that fit your criteria. So that could get very uh, tired some for some yeah. people. Yeah. But yeah. the other way to meet people is just join uh, social clubs. Yeah. You know, um, like Bravo, the Young Oprah uh, patrons uh, club or um, hiking groups, you know, uh, athletic groups, you know, soccer groups, uh, athletic um Athletic groups or, you know, a gym is where people don't like to be contacted. But just like anywhere, work, if you can't say hi to some a few people, you don't take chances. If you're afraid people are going to laugh at you or say something mean to you, well, you know, a couple of them might be hard for you to come by because rejection is a part of life, you know? 
you can yeah. meet people anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as going to the grocery store to meet somebody, right? I mean, I mean, there are places that your opposite sex hangs out at a lot, and you just have to be adventurous. I mean, I feel bad for people who are total hermits and don't want to leave their house and don't want to do online dating. Like, that's tough, you know, to not choose any avenue or one avenue to find people so yeah I uh dating is I think online dating is great because where else are you going to get like a salad bar of all these people different types right. of people and you you know click your preferences and you narrow it down and I mean my biggest it's advice to people check. what's yeah. that it's a lot of chit chat and yeah. it's a lot of yeah. time wasting right I tell you if I didn't do what I do for a living and I if I have to date online I mean I'm getting paid to do it for people and I sometimes get very very frustrated right <laughs> but um but you know I would tell you the average person who doesn't know how to vet people doesn't know how to get straight to the point right. uh you know doesn't understand that you don't want to be texting people for weeks or months without meeting, fall in love with them. I have people come to me and say, I just met, met the most wonderful man. And he's, uh, you know, unfortunately, I never had a chance to like uh, meet him yet. But he said in an oil rig, I'm like, oh, yeah. do not send Sounds money. Like a scam, right? Yeah, Sounds don't like send any money. No, I feel the same way. Like if you're doing online dating and you're, exchanging text messages back and forth for like a day or two you need to just meet if you're in the same city you just meet um mm -hmm. if you're not in the same city then you can do a video call like this like a 15 mm -hmm. minute video call can tell you so yeah. much about that person mm -hmm. and maybe you do another one and then you find a way to meet you know like Right. It shouldn't be this texting back and forth for like months like you're not looking for a pen pal um, right. and chances are it's a scam if they can't today's technology and they can't jump on a video call with you. That's, that's mm -hmm. not good news. That's just right. bad news. Yeah. 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 And, you know, really listen to the, what the other person has to say, Yeah, you know, sometimes people will tell you exactly what you need to know, but if you're enamored with how they look or how they sound, you have this preconceived notion of who they are instead of who they really are and not listening to what they're telling you uh, and interpret that information, you could uh, end up getting hurt, yeah. um, you know, or getting scammed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were dating, um, did you date long distance? Like what are you, what is your advice for people to open up their parameters when it comes to distance? Like, do you, did you put a, you know, limit on yeah limit on your distance um you know it's been a very long time I only had one long distance relationship and it didn't last and that was with my college boyfriend who was in my town when we first met and dated for a year and a half and he graduated and had to go back to his hometown to you know be with his family and we tried the long distance thing for a while it didn't work out so long distance is not for the faint of heart but remember this was a long time ago before zoom before internet uh email and uh you know video chat and constant availability um back then you know every phone call cost 10 cents a minute 
if you talk a lot, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. So, but now we don't have those restrictions anymore. So, you know, still uh, it, without the physical uh, contact, you gotta see each other and build that bond. I would say, you know, long distance is not sustainable uh, for most people. Uh, I mean, you do need to plan to come closer. If you do meet each other long distance, you should meet and then you should plan and plot to get to each other's place uh, one way or another to build that real, you know, live connection. Yeah. I mean, mean, I feel like long distance is good for two people who are super busy, but they are planners. But eventually one person has to move to the Mm -hmm. other place. Like if you're going to be dating someone long distance, you need to take into the consideration that, okay, I might need to move there. I might need to move to Vegas. I might need to move to Seattle. I might need to move to New York or otherwise don't be talking to somebody that you know is a dead end, right? Like, unless they know they need to move to you, you know, they have to move to Colorado or have to move to Los Angeles, then that might be an option. But yeah, it's, I feel like it's good for people that are busy that um, can plan things out and I guess more adventurous, right? Or dating with a purpose is important because, you know, okay, you're looking at the movie stars, right? They have different projects in different cities. And many times you read in the news that, oh, so-and-so split up because they never spend any time in the same city together. And, you know, again, when you are separated like that, the other people, there are opportunities that pop up. You meet other people. If they're any attractive if at all, you know, they're going to meet someone else. And that kind of compete with the tenuous relationship that you currently have with that person. So that's why bonding and strengthening that bond is important. But then again, you know, there's a very interesting phenomenon that I observe in America when people, when I peruse online dating, many people will say, I see them right. Oh, my life's perfectly good. I don't need anybody. I just want to have somebody in my life. I find that very curious because what I have observed is that people who just want someone in their life, I feel like their bond is not very strong. And um, the strongest bonding pairing tend to come from those that have the need to have somebody that is complementary to what their life is right now. Um, You know, uh, let's say if somebody who have a a strong needs for companionship or sex or uh, intellectual stimulation conversations, they need to be with someone like that to live their best lives. And if they don't get it, it's not just a want, it's a need. I feel that way when I'm missing it and I, I, own my needs. I recognize that that is something that I owe to the other person to provide to me. I acknowledge it. I don't pretend like it's not worth anything. Right. You know, so I feel like having that courage to own what it is that you need and want and express what it is that you need to the other person is not making you vulnerable, but it makes you uh, self I don't want to use the word actualize. Um, what's another word? You know, the, that um, uh, that hierarchy of needs, Maslow, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh-huh. you know, the needs uh, for, for survival. Once you get past that, there's a certain need to, to be acknowledged, to be appreciated, and then self-actualization. Well, the middle layer 
the, the need to be recognized or to, to know oneself, you know, I think it's important to own it yeah. and yeah. accept that you're human. You don't, you know, maybe you have sufficient need to survive and live a comfortable place. But um, I think the Bible, uh, someone said that men don't live on bread alone. We we have a spiritual part that needs to be fulfilled. Yeah. Right. And it's not a small need. It's to some people, those needs are big and it needs to be fulfilled. Right. Yeah. So. I'm uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up because in the 14 years that I've been doing matchmaking, I would say the people that I have the most success with that I end up pairing them off with somebody are the ones who come to me and say, May, I really want to find somebody. I want to find a wife. I want to mm -hmm. find a husband. Like they those have conviction. Ones, right. The people who say that that's what they want and mm -hmm. to say it out loud and to ask for it and to admit that they want that are mm -hmm. the ones that I have the most success with in finding Same. love. They're yeah. motivated. Right. They're ready. You know, they yeah. have arrived to the place where they are ready to receive right. and accept and appreciate the relationship that they find. Right. Right. And, and you're right. The ones who come and say, well, I just want to date around or yeah. I don't need somebody. I don't need a man in my life. I'm like, then right. why are you in my office? Like, why, yeah. why are you talking if you don't yeah. need a man in your life? Like, right. are you going to have that same attitude on a date? If you're on a date and you say that the guy is going to be totally turned off. Like they're not right. going to want to continue dating you if you don't even want a man in your life. Like, if you have a flat tire, are you going to change it yourself? Or are you going to try to ask the guy to change it and right. let him be the man and let him make some decisions? I mean, mm -hmm. it's not giving up your anything, identity or anything, just to allow the man to be a man or to say you want a man in your life. So, yeah. Well, you know, um, being uh, living life with a purpose is a need that most of us have. We, we all want to have purpose in our lives and meaning to our lives. There's a yearning in us that want to be fulfilled in that regard. And when a person come across someone that don't, they don't feel like they're contributing, well, I, I feel capable of doing all those changing time. If I want to learn how to, you know, uh, connect to, uh, to put in a dimmer uh, in my condo or, um, you know, fix a sink. I'm sure I can learn. I figured a lot of things out, but um, we live in a very specialized society where everyone has got to be good at something very specific to, you know, who they are, that you try to be a jack of all trade and don't need anybody. Um, you become self-sufficient, but your unit is smaller. Right. And it'll be a unit of one and that you're competing with people with two units. They're going to have more purchasing power. They're going to have more um, uh, time between the two of them. So there is strength to be had in couplehood. Yeah. I really, agree. Right. I agree. So you, you want to be self-contained by the unit of one. That's one thing. But if you want to compete and be, you know, be among the stronger, more coupled up people, I mean, I mean, some people can only afford one. So I shouldn't say that that's a negative thing. Not everybody can afford to have the relationship they want. So I'm not saying that it's bad to 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 not have that. But I'm just comparing objectively if one unit, one individual that um, can do a lot of things 
not very well at any of them, but you know, enough to get by. And then two people are highly specialized. One make amazing meal. The other one know how to, how to fix a car, for example. They're going to drive better cars. They're going to have yeah. better food. Right. You know, they just have better lives. So it's just a comparison that I make. Uh, but the good thing is we live in America. People can choose whatever they want. And if you want to be a self-contained unit, who am I to like you? <laughs> Well, Monique, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I will put all the information how someone can get in touch with you, but any parting words from you and how can people find you and what do you do? And yeah, I'll let you uh, plug your business a little bit. <laughs> well, I, you know, if you uh, want to find me, Google Seattle Love Broker, um, you'll find uh, the website to my company. Uh, Afternoons with Monique is in its third year uh, with 109 episodes under my belt. Uh, we'll restart soon. Um, I am still formulating my uh, guest list for 2023. So we don't we don't have that published yet, but uh, you can check out afternoonswithmonique.us that lists um, all of the past episodes for um, Afternoons with, for, for my, my radio show. And I appreciate you uh, inviting me to join you today, May. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And ladies, if you're listening, I'm always looking for fabulous Asian women to be part of my database. Please go to twoasianmatchmakers.com and click profile. And if there's men out there listening, if you're interested in becoming a client, I can actively search for you as well. So thank you so much, Monique, for joining me. And I will see you guys later. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.